0: This is a Suno India production, and you are listening to Climate Emergency. There are many perennial river systems in South Asia. These rivers originate from the Himalayan mountain ranges. Rivers like Indus, Ganga, and Brahmaputra give continuous freshwater supply to over 800 million people. Global warming, however, has raised concerns on the hydrology of the Himalayan rivers. More specifically, seasonal impacts on these glaciers are much talked about. Hi, this is Shartha Balasubramanian, and I'm here with the second part on Himalayan glaciers and climate change for Suno India's Climate Emergency Podcast. In this episode, we take you to Dokriani glaciers in the Himalayas. The Dokriani glacier catchment, also known as Dingard catchment, is in the Upper Ganga Basin in the Garhwal region of the Central Himalayas. The glacier receives most of the accumulation in the summer season between May to October. In the last five to six years, glaciers have been losing their mass. This mass wastage indicates that the impact of changing climate on generating melt runoff depends on the regional climate of glaciers in the Himalayas. In a recent research paper published in the Journal of Hydrology, researchers looked at mass balance and runoff between 1979 and 2018 in the Dokriani Glacier. Their study showed a steady state between 1989 to 1997. Snow and snow melt contributed to almost 56% of the catchment runoff. Also, mass balance of glaciers and river runoff are sensitive to even one unit of change in air temperature. Smriti Srivastava, the first author of the paper, told me that usually in glacier studies, only rainfall runoff is estimated. The contribution of glacial melt and snow melt is actually missing. And this has been addressed in this paper, in a timeline spanning across almost 40 years. How are the glaciers behaving in the long term? Are they advancing or retreating? These were looked upon. The authors say that this data would be useful for water resource management and flood risk reduction in the Himalayan region. When we talk
1: about a pattern analysis, right, because you have analyzed the pattern of uh, the melt-off, right, from the glacier and snow melt. So, what kind of changes have you observed, like, uh, you know, when you look at your data set in comparison, What are the changes that you've noticed, like, within the glacier itself, like, with respect to change in the values of snow melt or glacier melt and uh, river runoff? If you can, like, you know, give me a comparison, Mm -hmm. it would be great.
2: See, basically, if if you talk about this kind of glacier, this is telling that in the months of summer monsoon, like June, Mm -hmm. July, August, and September, the maximum Mm -hmm. uh, runoff uh, is coming from the rainfall. And the rainfall is much higher during the summer monsoon month, and right. that's why the rainfall is contributing maximum in that particular period. but if we talk mm-hmm. about winter or pre monsoon then uh its snow contribution towards snow contribution towards the runoff is much greater. This is how we have like differentiated throughout the year like. Uh, which months are contributing in what particular way, like uh, r- rainfall runoff is maximum in summer monsoon. Peaking in mm-hmm. August, like uh, August is the month where we are having the maximum runoff. And mm-hmm. that runoff is coming from the rainfall. And then okay. uh, we also predicted like in winter or in pre-monsoon, the maximum runoff is coming from snow.
0: Mohamed Farouk Azam, a glaciologist and co-author of this paper, adds more. Our uh, study focus was to tell how much contribution is coming from different sources:
3: snow, glacier, and snow, rainfall. The estimate for snow and glacier melt together was around sixty-three percent. So forty okay. percent was snow melt, fifty percent was snow melt, twenty percent was ice melt, and twenty percent was rainfall in the river. Okay. In the last okay. study, but this time, this this okay. area is completely different, having a uh, lots of monsoon reach the monsoon Mm -hmm. is the main you know precipitation uh, source for over this area in central himalaya over dogjani glacier area at least at this particular time from indian Mm -hmm. himalayan glaciers, we don't have studies which are able to tell us how much contribution is coming so in that particular context context Mm -hmm. these this study is very important from central himalaya because Mm -hmm. indian part this is the first study which is telling, okay, this much contribution is coming from snow, this much is from ice, and this much is from rain.
1: So, uh, so, Farooq, what I also wanted to ask you is, so, is is the data in your study in this particular paper pointing towards something, or can you expand a little bit on what the data is showing about, you know, the current scenario of the glacier?
3: Okay, so data is uh, data is telling two things the behavior of mass balance and the behavior of runoff and data is also further investigating how the mass balance changed in the past and how it is it has affected the different runoff components so that that is given there for instance for some years we have done some analysis based on decade daily scale right so in all 48 mm-hmm. mass balance and runoff series
1: mm-hmm.
3: we have demarcated four different periods And these periods are having different mass balance conditions. And uh, different mass balance conditions are providing different kind of runoff compositions in the river. So, So we could tell how the mass balance is controlling the runoff in the river.
0: The data was classified for four time periods, 1980 to 88, 89 to 97, 98 to 2006 and 2007 to 2018 and what farooq found out was the annual mass balance was quite different across these time periods other than this they also looked specifically at summer and winter mass balance mean temperature ice melt snow melt rainfall and total runoff so in all what they found was there is not much snow melt rather there is more rainfall in the river and a higher amount of ice melt. Farooq says more.
3: If we really compare the importance of snow and glacier melt in both the areas, Central Himalaya as well as Western Himalaya, so Mm -hmm. Western Himalayan rivers, they are more snow melt and ice melt water dependent rivers. So that means if there is some climate change happening, Mm -hmm. of course it's happening. So Mm -hmm. if the impact is, if we assume the same impact, in the central and western himalaya the global warming is same right the warming is in the both the regions then that will severely affect the western himalayan rivers compared to the central Himalayan rivers, where you have mostly rainfall derived water in the rivers but if we are talking about climate change we have to go beyond 20 25 years period then we can say something really happening because and one year to another year we always have some variability in uh, precipitation as well as temperature but the long-term records meteorological records will tell us if there is some continuous change in pattern right. let's say global warming is happening if there is there are just two years over last five years there are just two years which were extremely hot we cannot say this is global warming it could be right. kind of you know a specific phenomenon But if we see see 30 years of temperature and Mm -hmm. we see there is a specific pattern of higher and higher temperatures every year from past Mm -hmm. to present, then that is
0: global warming. With rising temperatures, seasonality changes happen. For instance, in the downstream Ganges, let's say Haridwar, people say that snowmelt contribution is around 10%. Now from Haridwar, let's say we move to Jammu. Here, glacier and snow melt contribute to almost 40%. If this 40% changes, it will change the runoff pattern of the river. 40% is a huge number. Where it is just 10%, there may not be a huge difference. Farooq explains more.
3: So, in uh, climate change will affect glacier everywhere. But because glacier contribution is very less in Ganges River, Mm-hmm. and Brahmaputra. So these rivers will not be affected much. Climate change is also, you know, uh, expected to give more rains actually. Why? Because if there is more temperature, ocean will have more evaporation and then more clouds will come and then more monsoon will arrive on India, over India and more will, rains will occur and they will produce more river runoff. So the point is, Climate change will have more river runoff everywhere in all three basins. Ganga, Brahmaputra and uh, Indus. But in Indus, more river runoff will come because of higher glacier and snow melting. But in Ganga and Brahmaputra, more river runoff will come because of, mostly because of, more rainfalls.
0: Glacier ice melt normally happens in the end of June. But due to global warming, it is turning out early say in May or early June and this is explained by Farooq in his paper. First, snow has to melt and produce some water. Then slowly, the snow is gone. Then the ice will start melting. As global warming increases, the snow melt and ice melt starts disappearing in early summer. Actually this, the peak flow of water should only happen in July and August. Now, this could shift to June. And that is changing the seasonality of the river. Farooq says more. Now, with global
3: warming, we are supposed to have more rainfall compared to snowfall. So snowfall, they are decreasing. And if you go in the mountains, you talk with old people who are having like, you know, uh, 78 years of experience in their life. They tell, yeah, we, you know, in our childhood, we used to see like, you know, 20 feet of snow. But now we have just, 10 feet of snow in peak winter time in our village.
0: Globally, experts are also talking about one aspect that could save the glaciers from climate change, and that is debris cover. The ice is covered by boulders, pebbles, rocks, and while you're walking, you don't feel that just below your feet that is a glacier. This debris cover actually insulates the glacier, as a result, the lower portion of the glacier does not melt at a high rate. In the Dokriani glacier that spans across an area of 1.66 square, 54% is covered by debris and the rest is just clean ice. In these fragile mountains, there are rock avalanches that come crashing down from the valley walls. They land straight on the foot of the glacier and accumulate even as the glaciers move. Farooq explains more. So, the debris cover,
3: thick debris cover will protect this glacier where you have this debris and it will produce less melt from this debris cover area. So, basically, it is kind of
0: protection for the glacier or protection for the water reserves. How will this study help in water planning for the future? Smriti explains. If we
2: do this kind of study, then Hmm. uh, this study will help us in like help us in developing like more large-scale glacier hydrological models like that can predict the runoff, like how much runoff will be
0: there in future. For this, many meteorological studies are needed in the Himalayan region. However, tougher terrains and accessibility to glaciers are impediments. Farooq also spoke about developing a basin-scale model where 200 glaciers would be included we could look at how many glaciers are there in one particular basin and then we could predict that particular river runoff. This will indirectly help people living downstream. Also, in the high altitude Himalayan region, we can understand the precipitation pattern with the data. Which month of the year, how much snow melt, glacial melt arises? However, there is a need for ground data to get this luckily for this glacier there is data and the model was tuned according to this data but for very large glaciers this meteorological data is missing we don't know how much of the runoff contribution comes from the glaciers so it is crucial to collect the data right from the glaciers in this time period where data on Dokriani glacier was analyzed for almost 11 years there was a positive mass balance for 28 years there was a negative mass balance and overall, if we look at it, there was a moderate mass loss over the last four decades. The snow and glacier melt contribution in the Himalayan rivers is crucial and supports a large irrigation system and hydropower generation. How will this impact agriculture? Farooq says more. Climate mm-hmm.
1: will not change
3: much the rainfalls, but climate change will change the patterns of snow and glacier melt. And when uh, when there is some, you know, uh, change in the snow and glacier melt pattern, mm-hmm. that will affect the seasonality of the river. And this seasonality is very, very important for crop development. Right. Because, you know, we need some specific amount of water over a specific right. months or weeks, even weeks actually, because our sowing time is very particular for some spe- specific crops. Our uh, study focus was, to tell how much contribution is coming from different sources, snow, glacier, and rainfall.
1: So, runoff from the glacier that goes into the river, like uh, I remember Farooq was also telling about how so many farmers are dependent on this river water for their agriculture and all these things. So, going forward in future, how do you think, uh, you know, uh, uh, your study of glaciers, could uh, indirectly like help uh, maybe policy planners uh, or maybe farmers to sort of plan their water management system in a better way. Because ultimately, I think, uh, you know, whatever scientists researchers do, when it actually comes into implementation, when it actually has an impact on uh, this research has an impact on people. I think it's more strongly taken by the policymakers, right? Like, okay, yes. you know, and probably also support your research, uh, your long-run research, right?
2: Basically, uh, why this run study is important? Because if you are knowing, like, how much contribution or how much run-off, like, accurate, not, um, we can't get, like, accurate, but, like, mm-hmm. year to values if we know. So, if we know, like, this much, uh, like, 12 cubic kilometers, water is mm-hmm. going to come from that particular place. Okay, what, what farmers can do, like they can, they, accordingly, they can set up like hydro uh, hydropower stations like, mm-hmm. like there are a lo- lot of capacity is uh, depending upon their capacity. Uh, they can set up a hydropower station there if, we, if they know like how much uh, water is going to come there. And secondly, uh, depending upon like uh, this, they can... So those types of plants that will be related to the agriculture point of view. They can uh, cultivate those crops that if there is like uh, less contribution then they can cultivate those plants which tend to take less uh, water comparatively. And then Mm -hmm. accordingly they can manage the water, whatever is going to come in particular months at their uh, area. Surely in agriculture like how to means like whatever is the capacity they are having and how to grow in that particular capacity these seeds or these plants will be useful to them more mm-hmm. if they are having going to have less water then the plants which are going to consume less water they can plant those that can be seen by actually the policy maker.
3: thank you for listening to this episode of climate emergency you can listen to all the episodes on our website sunoindia.in or on any other podcast platform of your choice. If you like this podcast, we also recommend you to check The Suno India Show, our regular news show with in-detail reporting on current affairs. Suno India shines a spotlight on underrepresented and underreported stories using audio as a medium. We rely on you, our listener, To support our work and bring out these stories, so please support us by visiting the Contribute page on our website.